Hey there traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading and only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. Your idea, your hypothesis uh, that drives the analysis. If you see the stock going up, uh, for you, this might be a signal for a starting trend. For others, this might be, oh, well, there's an opportunity for uh, a reversion to the mean, right? So in the end, data is data. What you make out of it is something else, so, right? This is then your, your algo, your idea, your analysis, your insights that you generate. Uh, but again, our focus primarily is on the tools and skills that are required to implement your analysis to support or refute your hypothesis. This is the How to Trade Stocks Options Podcast, brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com, where we cover finance, stocks, options, entrepreneurship, education, and money. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance, Christopher Ewell. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks Options Podcast. Today, we have a special lesson for you. I'm putting it here on the podcast because I really believe that this is going to provide you massive, massive value. And that's what I'm trying to do here. And hey, listen, if this podcast was useful to you at all, I really highly suggest that you go check out the full trading course at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. Markets are people. People are predictable. Outlier can show you how to track market fear and greed with artificial intelligence on over 1,300 of the largest market cap names. Visit outlier.com to learn more. That's O-V-T-L-Y-R.com. They have a free pilot program for the rest of 2021 so you can get access to right now at O-V-T-L-Y-R.com. That's O-V-T-L-Y-R.com. Hey, make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you'll be notified every time we give you more tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter every single week. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks Options podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Eve Hilpich. Now, he is a CEO of the Python Quants. He's also a PhD in mathematical finance. And basically, he knows way more about this stuff than I do. So I'm excited to bring the experts on today. Eve, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is a this is a real pleasure for me. So when we found you, uh, my team sent me your, your bio and everything, and I was looking through it, and I'm like, man, this guy seems like he's going to be really really smart, right? Um, the only Python I know is a snake that I want to have nothing to do with. <laughs> but <laughs> but nice. tell me more about you. Tell me tell me how you got started in uh, in finance and trading and in the artificial intelligence and and you're also a professor of computational finance. So it sounds like you have a lot going on. Yeah, but it's a lot, but it's all centered around one topic. It's Python for finance, uh, to keep it short, right? So my background is uh, actually in business administration. I have a German diploma in business administration, comparable to the, to the MBA. Uh, I then went on to do my PhD in mathematical finance because I was always intrigued by financial markets, much more than by the, for me, boring stuff of business administration, right? Um, and started out basically as a management consultant because I thought this would be kind of a yeah, good stint to learn more about managing companies, et cetera, because my plan was from the outset basically to found companies or a company or whatever, right? 
So uh, it was actually a little bit later after a couple of years in consulting that I discovered Python during a consulting project. And I thought, well, this is an amazing language back then. I only knew about C that we have programmed. Actually, as an adolescent, I was programming in assembly and all that stuff that was around. Uh, and Python was so intriguing because it was so close to mathematics. So when, uh, when, I, when I wrote my PhD, it was, of course, in LaTeX in our uh, subject domain. And this was so close, like the LaTeX stuff, right? You have a formula, mathematical formula or financial equation. And the LaTeX, you write it down. And Python looked exactly the same. And for me, this was kind of the, um, yeah, the major insight, right? <laughs> you write something like a formula and it can be executed and it can calculate something with it. Right. This got me intrigued. And when I founded my uh, second company, um, the plan was to to capitalize on python and the capabilities it's long long ago actually compared to where we stand now so uh, for those people who know python there wasn't any numpy around there wasn't any pandas around and all these wonderful packages uh, scikit-learn they haven't been around but we nevertheless started out with it and uh, it has been a, an exciting journey and over the years uh, yeah we consulted big companies hedge funds we started offering trainings and this is where we are now uh, primarily active in uh, in providing online training programs, which are pretty comprehensive, going over uh, months uh, on end, actually. And yeah, we have built like a large uh, platform with uh, many, many resources where we educate the people in the financial industry. If they want to become algo traders or are trading and want to automate stuff uh, with regard to computational finance or pricing options, uh, hedging options uh, and that stuff. And also more and more asset management. So recently we won a couple of asset managers as clients uh, so yeah, we, we are going with the market because Python now is uh, you know, a key ingredient in the financial markets. There's actually no company out there which doesn't use um, Python anymore in, in our industry. So yeah, here we go. So your website that we would send people to is aimachine.io. Is that correct? Yeah, well, this is another project. So what I was oh, it's a different project. primarily okay. about is uh, the Python quant. It's tpq.io. Uh, TPQ AI machine. Okay. <laughs> AI machine.io is uh, our proprietary trading platform where we uh, try to walk the talk, right? Uh, we came from teaching algorithmic trading and we implemented our own trading platform for algorithmic trading, AI-powered, uh, Python-powered. And this is done with a team, dedicated team in India. So this is... Uh, of course, we do stuff together, but it's basically a separate uh, project, a separate team uh, that takes care of AI machine. Yeah. So, so teach me a little bit, not, not too deep, because I'm not ready for that this morning. <laughs> so teach me a little bit about Python, right? I've written uh, a lot of macros in Excel. like that. I, I'm really familiar with the VBA language, um, but I've never even looked at Python. How does that compare between the two? Yeah, honestly, I'm not a VBA expert. I never was too intrigued to learn it. <laughs> we have uh, migrated a couple of VBA scripts and stuff like that to Python uh, because with Excel, it's a fantastic tool. It's so flexible, but um, as usual, the flexibility and generality comes with limits uh, when you want to get more specific. So today, not even talking about big data, but in a financial domain, data has basically exploded, right? And mm -hmm. uh, what people used to do with an Excel spreadsheet simply doesn't work anymore, right? Um, I have a couple of examples where I show people how to export or import data uh, to Excel from Excel and compare this uh, to other options that you have. Even something as simple as a text file, CSV, uh, Excel simply cannot cope with that. Even for very simple, simple cases today, when you think in terms of tick data, uh, Apple might have, uh, let's say, 50,000 tick data points. 
uh, per um, uh, per hour, right? Uh, then you have three hours and basically uh, Excel would explode with Python mm -hmm. and pandas and the powerful ecosystem. Um, so when I speak of the ecosystem, that's not just Python, the, the language itself, there are so many packages and you can make use of um, yeah, today's requirements in the financial industry. Are basically mad. So I just recently I listened to another podcast, and they mentioned that Bank of America now is offering basically to everybody in the bank um, uh, online training programs where they can learn the code, even for the tellers, for everything. So the the skill is now required basically in every function, right? Uh, because the data is increasing, velocity, volume, the variety of the data. And with Excel, you simply can't cope up anymore. You still can use it, for example, to visualize things, to have it as a, as a front end for portfolio managers, let's say, or for others. Uh, but the crunching, the processing is much, much better than in Python. And it's much, much more efficient, actually. And if you ask me about VBA and Excel, uh, and it is still one of the key tools in the industry, there are also fantastic packages that combine the two, right? You can have stuff like VBA now implemented in Python, leveraging the, the power of Python with regard to data analysis, visualization, et cetera, and simply display the results within Excel or change parameter on the Excel level. Python takes care of the changes, crunches the numbers again, maybe 10 times faster, 20 times faster, 100 times faster in some cases, and you get the results back. We had one big migration project where a uh, London hedge fund approached us and they said, well, we have built large Excel spreadsheets. We recently bought the machine for 20K and uh, still it runs like eight to 12 hours for a single analysis. And we yeah, re-implemented it in Python, still with the visual interface being Excel and it could done could be doing afterwards uh, multiple analysis within one hour. So um, this is kind of like the difference. It's one of my, my benchmark projects that we have implemented was a longer one, uh, was a big, big model and, and Python was not as big anymore and much, much faster in the end. So when you're looking at data for Python, what data points are you looking at? Because to me, when you boil it down to the data points, I could only see price and volume. What other data points is there to capture? Yeah, I mean, I'm not talking about the quality of data. Basically, there is not that much of a difference. Uh, so, for example, one of our strategic partners, we've worked with them since years, is Refinitiv, and therefore with Icon Workspace, similar to the Bloomberg Terminal, uh, like of, I don't know, access to petabytes of data, right? And there's not only, of course, price and volume data when you think in terms of training, there's many, many more things, right? Uh, there's, for example, when you think in terms of companies like fundamental data uh, and other stuff, right? And why are now, Python APIs, or generally speaking, why APIs with Python wrapper around them, you can easily access and crunch the data. This works with Excel as well, right? But the, the question is how efficient can you be in this regard and how large, how ambitious can your project be uh, when you compare the two worlds mm -hmm. uh, with each other. So with regard to data quality, what you can crunch is not that big a deal, uh, but I would emphasize that, for example, in natural language processing, when you think in terms of the news, for example, uh, Excel basically can't help whatsoever, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so when, you know, when we think in terms of uh, crunching unstructured data, as it's called, I think in terms of social media, Twitter, or simply news articles, so you can imagine on, on a on a daily basis, uh, the Bloombergs and then the Refinitives, uh, Dow Jones is in the world, they, they digest roughly 1.5 million news articles and they tag them, they provide metadata for them. Um, and with the machines, you have easy access to that. And with the powerful packages from machine learning, from natural language processing, you can process also the unstructured data. Just think of like processing 10,000 news articles with Excel. I, I wouldn't even 
have a starting point <laughs> where to get started at. Right. Cool. Well, you mentioned a minute ago, like Twitter, right? Because I know a lot of people are going to Twitter, going to social media, going to, you know, Wall Street bets and getting trade ideas. And on one hand, that's a, a great way to see what could be moving. But on the other hand, it could be, you know, a contra indicator, right? If so many people are talking about Apple stock, Maybe that means Apple stock is about to top, right? How do you guys, do you, do you uh, pull in any sort of data points like that? Yeah, I mean, there's a growing interest. So these days we are primarily, as I pointed out before, are teaching people how to do that, right? Uh, they come with different, uh, diverse interests and goals in this regard. But of course, I mean, when you're, when you're full of the press, uh, some of the hedge funds said, well, we probably need to, uh, uh, need to have a look at these boards like Reddit, you know, Wall Street Bats, et cetera, and Twitter as well. Of course, there's lots of noise. And in the yeah. end, it's your... Uh, what should I say? Your idea, your hypothesis uh, that drives the analysis. If you see the stock going up, uh, for you, this might be a signal for a starting trend. For others, this might be, oh, well, there's an opportunity for uh, a reversion to the mean, right? So in the end, data is data. What you make out of it is something else. So, right? This is then your, your algo, your idea, your analysis, your insights that you generate. Uh, but again, our focus primarily is on the tools and skills that are required to implement your analysis to support or refute your hypothesis. You know, that makes a lot of sense. I, I forget where I heard it, but it was something along those lines. Like, you know, data means nothing until you understand what it means uh, somewhere along that line. Yeah, so what absolutely. are some... I mean, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I mean, there's data, there's information, there's insight, and then there's action, right? Uh, I mean, the question is, well, what do you do with it? You, you, you present people with a set of... Uh, yeah insights even and still people might differ with regard to what they will make out of it right mm -hmm. um, so this that's the flexibility and that's where some people say well that's our secret sauce that's our proprietary algorithm or whatever and, and basically and that, that's what people argue often that they work basically with the same data what you said before well there's price there's volume and some more but these days with the terminals that i mentioned before people if they invest a bit of money, you have basically access to all that data. That's the reason why so many big hedge funds that can afford it go with alternative data, which is pretty costly, right? Data from satellites and all the stories with the Walmart uh, parking lots, et cetera. Mm. Um, of course, I mean, data these days and data crunching capabilities are indeed uh, fields where they try to differentiate themselves and where you can build competitive advantages. That's interesting. Uh, so what are some of the most interesting things that you've come across like like that that little anecdote right there about satellite images of walmart parking lots that reminds me of peter lynch you know he's one of the the greatest uh hedge fund managers ever and he talked about how he would go to the different stores and count the number of cars in the parking lot he'd actually go in the store and buy the product and see it himself what are some of the the interesting data points or interesting things that you've come across because i can imagine that it's it's not just price and volume at this point <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. But we are not really in the alternative uh, data world. Uh, friends of mine in London, they are more in that. And one friend of mine, uh, Saeed Amin, has recently published even a whole book on this topic. Uh, but uh, yet, I think it's also the kind of the way that, <laughs> that you analyze the data that is available. <laughs> of course, what you mentioned is right. Of course, I need to maybe go to the parking lot and count the cars by myself. These days, we have different technologies. And I think this is also true for the way or in particular for the ways that you can analyze available data, right? So when you see, I don't know, 
a data set of one gigabyte. And I just think in terms of like competitions that are run by, by Kaggle, for example, the uh, data science machine learning AI uh, portal where they, where they run these competitions. And the competitions are all about being better than the others, right? In terms of like applying different methodologies to the same, mm -hmm. basically same data sets, right? And this is kind of like where I see a race as well. And I say, well, maybe everybody got started with some uh, simple ordinary squares regression. And then they uh, got started with some maybe a bit more sophisticated, but still simple machine learning algorithms. Then they went uh, to the deep learning ones. Then people try to implement reinforcement learning and all that stuff that is now so fancy. Of course, in our industry, we always uh, speak about billions and sometimes a quarter of a percent can mean a billion over a certain period of time. Therefore, they are willing to invest in everything that might uh, bring better results in terms of alpha. So the one is data, data quality, data availability, and the other one is what do I make with the data? Which tools do I have available to crunch the data? So, so tell me about your books. So many fields. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Sure, 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 sure. So so you've got the books. I, I, I just have a little list here and I, I may not have a comprehensive list. So I see AI and finance, Python for algorithmic trading, Python for finance second edition, derivatives analytics with Python and list of volatility and variance derivatives. Eve, I'm thinking that none of these are going to work on my skill level. It sounds like it's so like PhD level out there for me. There's no chance I can pick these up and read them. Yeah, but there's now the new one that's coming out soon. Uh, it's already out in early release. The first uh, three chapters, I think, are out. It's called Financial Theory with Python, a gentle introduction. Uh, I need that gentle introduction. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly for people like you who want to get started in the field. Maybe you're coming with, like you, more financial background and want to learn the programming, uh, other people come and say, well, I've done data science, I know programming, I know Python, I know scikit-learn, but I haven't done anything in finance whatsoever. And for these two target groups, uh, primarily the book is written that they say, well, I know maybe one side or a little off two sides, right? And I want to get started from scratch. And uh, this is my next book. It's uh, around as a manuscript since quite a while. We've used it for teaching, so we've improved it. And now it's coming out maybe two, three months. It will be out in print. Uh, with O'Reilly. And this is the starting point in my book world. So it's in that chapter, basically, I explain the connections and the relationship between all the books. Uh, from once you have finished that book, you should continue with the Python for Finance, which provides you with all the, yeah, I would say, uh, skills, tools, libraries, techniques, right, required to do financial data science, to do machine learning with Python and finance, uh, to do computational finance, like option pricing, simulation, et cetera, or uh, also a bit of algo trading. So this covers quite a bit of all, right? It's also the thickest one, 710 pages in the second edition. And if you then want to go deeper, let's say, um, uh, for example, with regard to part four, which is about algo trading, then you might move on to Python for algorithmic trading, which explains in detail, the whole process from generating ideas based on data that you have imported uh, to the deployment of the algorithmic trading strategies in the cloud. So this is more like a process-oriented book from A to Z. It doesn't go too deep in every single field, but I think and over the yeah, years that we are teaching the topic, I think this is a really valuable uh, skill to have that you know from A to Z what to do step by step. Uh, so say if you want to go deeper with regard to uh, option pricing, then you might move on to the uh, derivatives analytics with Python book. Uh, this is quite heavy on math, uh, the heaviest on math, actually, I would say, and it explains how to price options properly, how to calibrate models, how to use them for hatching, for simulation, 
um, et cetera, um, all with Python code, of course, all the books are with self-contained um, uh, code resources. And then I have this, this was an outgrowth of a client project. So it's a little bit special as the illicit uh, volatility and variance derivative. This goes deeper for one asset class, which has become so popular um, with regard to volatility and variance derivatives. And last but not least, we have the AI in finance, of course, now a pretty current topic. And uh, I would say a natural progression would be if you're interested in algo trading, let's say uh, you would go with uh, Python for finance in general, part four, maybe then you go to Python for algorithmic trading. And then if you want to get more trading ideas and want to learn more uh, techniques, algorithms, approaches from AI to be applied in algorithmic trading, then AI and finance is your companion because algo trading is the major example, although it discusses AI in general, um, as well as deep neural networks, recurrent neural networks, and reinforcement learning uh, in general, and applied to finance, and also gives a little bit of an outlook what AI and finance means in terms of competition and the future and what might happen when, uh, yeah, this will prevail. Yeah, so if I had a trading strategy, because I'm a very systems-based trader, right? But everything mm -hmm. that, I, that I do, you know, it's, it's an if-then statement, right? If this crosses this moving average, then I'm doing yeah. this, right? So okay. it's... You know, it's, it's really simple compared to everything you're talking about, yeah. but, but I know that without a doubt, the weakest part of any trading strategy is the human clicking the buttons, right? Absolutely. So yeah. at the end of the day, could I take my strategy and using your books, figure out the code that I need to write in order for the entire thing to be executed automatically? Absolutely. This is the Python for algorithmic trading book where you say, well, in the middle part of the book, um, they're actually... I offer different options, very simple one, a simple, uh, simple moving average crossover strategy, a bit of momentum and a mean reversion. So traditional, very simple strategies, plus a bit of machine and deep learning as options, like a, a tiny menu of options for strategies, but they are just for illustration, right? The, the major part as I said, is like the process, right? If you have your strategy, this is where you, where you would plug in uh, your strategy. Of course, you would need to know a bit of Python uh, mm -hmm. and then you could deploy it. But uh, getting back to our project, the AI machine, for people like you, this is where the platforms, where the platform com comes into play because the deployment part is taken care of in a systematic, robust fashion, cloud scalable, et cetera. And you just write your trading code um, which is then executed and the machine takes over from there. But it's Python, right? So you, you have the Python code. This is backtested on the platform. The exact same code is then deployed in the cloud to be executed real time in an automated fashion. Because this was uh -huh. what I call the deployment gap. Uh, when you think back, I don't know if you're aware of Quantopian. They have like 200,000 plus users and they provided um, some good functionality and packages for backtesting, but there was never really a venue, right, to deploy your code, right? Backtesting is one part, but it's, let's be honest, it's the simple part. So when I heard a talk by someone from Quantopia, they said, well, the average code length for the algo is 250 lines of code. But if you want to do some proper deployment, you can easily have 25,000 lines of code, right? And that's the difference for that, right? So... Uh, yeah, I'm a huge believer in backtesting. And, and so what you're saying is that it can execute the trade as well as backtest the trade. And then will it like optimize as well? All in the same go? On our platform, it's not really, it's not really a backtesting platform. So okay. we, we never wanted to build it. There are like powerful packages out there. Uh, we usually build our own backtesting capabilities where we run programs in the cloud, which might run for, I don't know how many hours, 
right? Um, our platform, I call it a confirmatory backtest. So it shows you, it simulates like your strategy with your parameters, but it doesn't do any optimization. It's more like that you have your research environment, you come up with your um, algo in Python, you translate it to the platform, which is usually not that big a deal if you have Python code anyways. And then you see, oh, well, on the platform understands, AI machine understands what I'm talking about, and the results are in line with what I have tested. And then you have the one-click deployment, you say. Oh, live. man, I like and that. I'm going to have to learn more about this because, like I say, the 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 breakdown in any strategy, and, and you know, I'm so guilty of it too, it's just the human, right? It's the monkey yeah. clicking the button, right? Yeah, so if absolutely. we can remove the monkey, that would be me in this case. <laughs> then I think yeah, well, everybody would be better off. Of course, if you if you um, let the machine do the trick, you also need to take care of risk management. Mm, right? Absolutely, so, yeah. You know, I had uh, one of the market wizards, Larry Height, on the podcast, and he told me one time he was doing back testing, and he said that he generated a a piece of code, um, and I don't know how long ago this was or whatever, but uh, basically he said the only thing we did was money management. He said it was totally random entry but it had a 2% loss, uh, stop loss, and then just let it run. And he said it would beat 99% of traders. And it's it's amazing how the only thing you really have to worry about, in theory, is just managing money right, right? If you get the strategy right, then it's a huge bonus. But if you can just manage your money right, you can do way better. Yeah, interesting. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, this is like, there's one interesting book, I think I have it on the shelf here, uh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> right next to my Python for Finance. It's called Prediction Machines. And when I read, first read this book, before I had only some rough nebulous idea about that, but what they make, basically they're economists and they are not concerned with algorithmic trading, but I think it, it really translates to our domain as well. They said with all the machine learning, with all the AI, deep learning, however sophisticated it is, uh, the algorithms are good in generating predictions, right? When you say, well, let's say I just predict up or down in the financial market. So I would go long, I would go short. Uh, trading FX, let's say, to keep it simple. Um, but this is just the prediction. The rest, there is so many decision rules that it can put around that, right? In terms of take profit, in terms of stop loss, mm. uh, trading stop loss. What we also do on, on the on the AI machine is a dynamic trading stop loss and, and a position offload when we reach certain goals, etc. Um, so this is really this book, which emphasizes that point that you mentioned, right? In the end, maybe I, I don't know. I don't know if this is true, but in the end, the, the prediction doesn't matter. If you get everything around that correct, you might make more money uh, than the other way around, right? Just uh, blindly relying on the prediction and, and uh, going with it. Right? Yeah. So are all your books on Amazon or is there like a special link we have to go to to, to get them? No, they are, they are all on Amazon. They're okay. also, uh, because I'm strongly related, I would say to O'Reilly. O'Reilly has a fantastic platform. Uh, I don't have any business stake in that, but I just recommend it also to our delegates in the programs. It's called learning.oreilly.com. There's also everything from Wiley on there. So all my books, uh, early access, for example, like financial theory with Python is already Yeah, I got to check that one out. Yeah, that's, uh, it's a subscription-based model, but I think you get lots and lots and lots of value uh, for what you uh, pay for that. So hundreds, if not thousands of interesting books, also about trading, business, finance, math, statistics, econometrics, Python, Python in particular, and, and machine learning, deep learning. It's, it's endless. If you have some, some 
pad that you carry around, iPad or whatever, you can also download the books and read them offline if you like. Mm -hmm. I am a big fan of it. So not because I'm O'Reilly, even if I wouldn't be an O'Reilly author, I would be a subscriber to that service because it's so valuable. You know, it really is amazing today uh, because, you know, like let's say a hundred years ago when they were trying to figure out how to fly a plane, right? They had to literally figure it out all on their own. But now not only could you figure out how to fly a plane, but you can listen to a podcast with the guy who invented like the the uh, the wings to go on it. You could actually watch a YouTube video with him describing every little detail about how he figured it out. <laughs> like everything is just so much easier than it was, you know, at any Absolutely. point in time in the history. I don't know if it's a real benefit or a curse sometimes. Like you need to find your <laughs> way through all that stuff as well. And it's even hard to tell if you have maybe a fantastic idea or the most fantastic idea of your life, you might think. If not maybe a hundred people have uh, tried uh, done it before. Also, the number of machine learning papers on archive they, this exploding, right? This is like growing exponentially. It's so hard to keep up with it. We need the machines basically to read for us, so, mm. uh, which works to some extent. So, uh, but yeah. it's, it's, it also has become difficult, right? So sometimes I try to reduce the noise and don't read news and uh, we'll get back to the basics, right? but uh, it's right. difficult. It's also fun on the other right? Well, I can tell that you have a lot of passion for this subject. It's very clear and it comes through in the, the way you speak about it. What would you, somebody, somebody like myself, complete newbie, how would you describe to me to get into this world? Would it be like a particular YouTube channel? Like what's the easiest dipping my toes in way to get into the Python world? Python in general or Python for finance? So I'm uh, I guess about... Python for finance to keep it relevant here. Uh, if Python for finance, <clears throat> then I need to keep biased. So we have designed our programs uh, exactly for people like you are describing, right? They want to get started. Uh, we have had so many people who haven't done any coding whatsoever. And now are implementing backtesting algorithms and, and deploy them in the cloud. So this, this is my most favorite feedback when they say, well, I didn't know anything about cloud whatsoever. Now I have an algo running in the cloud. I'm so amazed. I'm so amazed, right? It's like, <laughs> and that's that's at the AIMachine.io or TPQ.io? No, this is at TPQ.io. TPQ.io. These, these, these cool. are our online programs, right? And um, uh, we have just come up. I got some good feedback and changed a couple of emails recently. Came up with a new class, which is called Mathematics Basics, where we review all the essential mathematics concepts, right, that are required and implement everything in, in Python. Many people say, well, I never thought of these things like that. Now it's so you know, like so visual, I now understand what's going on with, let's say, Sigma algebra. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Some people might have, right? <laughs> you need it in probability, right? Um, and, and with stochastic processes and whatnot, right? So and I said, well, I, I heard about this concept, but I never understood it. Now I see how it's working, right? You have Python code, which generates Sigma algebra, right? Or algebra, it's, it's usually, uh, it's enough. We, we don't need the Sigma for infinity, right? So, and they said, well, this is kind of amazing. Even a, a professor today uh, got back with feedback. I said, well, I started with your, with your math class. That's fantastic. Do you have a book for that? Uh, we need this at universities, right? So to review the math concepts and to teach uh, people programming at the same time. Uh, so we, in the recent past, most recent past, we've tried to add stuff at the very beginning to get people up to speed with that. So when I started teaching, we usually had people who knew already a bit of Python and knew finance, and we taught them, right, to apply Python to finance. Now, now we are starting much, much earlier. Therefore, I would say with materials that we have, my new book coming out, this would be a good starting point. You get all the code, et cetera. You can do it uh, self-study-wise. But our programs go over 
16 weeks and you have like guidance you get do you say 60 or 16? 16, 16. Okay, I was going to say 60. We're, we're, Man, you're signing up for no, college no, on that. 60. Yeah, but basically, yeah, but we are we are now uh, going also in a mode where we will offer this probably from next year onwards as a full year program because so many people are working full time and, you know, under pressure of family and, and whatnot. And uh, so we probably will coming out with a one-year option as well. So maybe not 60 weeks, but three times 16. Yeah, so okay, that makes sense. Over three uh, trimesters. And they're basically all the resource, the Quant platform from us. So when you ask me, I, 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 I would be lying when I say, well, go to X, Y, that, because this is what I work on full day, right? Yeah, um, for sure. Get the offer for people um, like you are describing, want to get started with Python Finance efficiently and comprehensively. Um, this is what we do for a living, so to say. Yeah. And that's why we want to have you on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Eve, this has been really, really interesting. I, I am going to link down below Eve's book so that you guys can can go straight to his links on Amazon and check those out. And we'll also have uh, tpq.io linked below as well. Eve, this has been uh, highly in- enlightening. I'm, I'm very excited because I, I want to start going down this path for myself. I, I'm a very data-driven guy. I do not like Especially discretionary him, anything. And if I can program everything and I can like just walk away, you know, I'm, I'm good for that. So yeah, I definitely want to be Absolutely. checking that out. And I probably will start with the financial theory in Python, your new book, um, once that comes out. That's a good starting point. Absolutely. Well, very cool. Well, Eve, um, thank you so much for your time today. This has been highly enlightening. Absolutely. My pleasure. And thank you guys for tuning into today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and enable notifications. That way you never miss any of the tools, tips, and tricks we upload every single week to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I'll see you in the next episode. Okay, so what'd you think? That was pretty incredible, right? Now, if you like that, that's only a taste, only a sample of what you're going to find in the full AI stock trading system. And I really highly encourage you to go and check this out. Obviously, you are interested in learning and how to trade, and that's why you're listening to this podcast. Now, I'm going to take and download my entire trading system that I use day in and day out onto you. <laughs> and the only way I'm going to be able to do that is over at the AIStockTradingSystem.com. You're going to get phase one, two, and three, several bonuses. And on top of that, I'm going to walk you through over a dozen trades that I put on inside of my account, holding your hand and showing you exactly how I got in, how I got out, how I use the artificial intelligence data, and how this could work inside of your own trading portfolio on a daily basis. So make sure you head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com to learn more and to get started and to download my decade plus worth of trading experience into your hands so you can start using the AI Stock Trading System today, the five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading. Hey, if you like this video, let me know by leaving me a like below and then subscribe and share it with somebody you think could use it as well. Be sure to comment below with your biggest takeaway from this episode and any suggestions you have for future episodes. And finally, make sure you watch these other videos to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I'll see you on the next episode. 10MinuteStockTrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell, through its content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. 
Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investors and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. Tim and StockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not in the business of trading securities trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice tailored to any particular client situation or investment objectives. Tim and StockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not licensed financial advisors, registered investment advisors, or registered broker-dealers. Stocks, options, futures, futures options, and other financial instruments not included here involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. You alone are responsible for making your investment and financial trading decisions and for evaluating the merits and risks associated with the use of any financial security and broker platform. For more information, please visit timandstocktrader.com legal. And thanks for stopping by.